One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing today? Hello, Chris. I'm eating a protein bar. <laughs> Fantastic. Why? Um, Why well, you don't need that? Because um, I got into going to the gym at the start of the year, and I thought, you know what, I see all the big boys with their big protein bars and protein shakes and stuff, and I, I don't know anything about that, but I do like chocolate, so I bought a big packet of them, <laughs> and now they're in my house, and now I have to eat them. It's like <laughs> eating the most un, un, unlovable chocolate bar. <laughs> it's like, the, you know I'm, what? All, I'm always left with the white chocolate flavour. They're disgusting, Chris. <laughs> I used to, back when I was losing, like, proper weight years ago, proper weight, Oh, I used to eat these like chocolate orange ones. I think I can't remember what brand it was, but I, they, were, they were actually not that bad. But they were so heavy and so thick when you yeah. bite into it. These days, I just like I uh, crikey, uh, I eat like a protein thing in the morning. Uh, oatmeal, I get some oatmeal, oatmeal. and then chuck in a few scoops of, of protein. Nice. And you know what? It actually works. It does work. I did it for the same reason. I mm. thought maybe I'll get a good arm. <laughs> and I've been working out with weights, so protein in the morning, weights yeah. in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And it seems to work. keeps your arms, Can- like, pumped up and muscly. Well, they sort of say that um, the testosterone is, is uh, strong in the morning. Look at us absolute amateurs talking about bodybuilding. <laughs> but, like, but I can never <laughs> yeah. be asked to do anything in the morning. I always have to do something at, like, night. I'm always, there, uh, I, I'm always those people at, at the mm. gym at, like, 10 o'clock at night while everyone else is watching yeah, Love I st- Island. I st- yeah, I similarly, I used to, if I do jog, which I haven't done in years, but I used to jog and it was always at night, but mm. that was mainly because nobody could see me. I was <laughs> self-conscious about jogging. Like a ninja. If you know what I mean. Like a night jogger. Like a ninja. <laughs> like a night jogger. But I need my protein shake, I need to get fit, especially after my trip to Korea. Yeah. Just come back from Korea after about a week, and oh my god... They eat a ridiculous amount of barbecues there. Well, oh. You always hear people talk about it, don't you? Like Korean barbecue. But you walk down the street and like one in every three shops is like a barbecue restaurant. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> so many barbecues. They're really good. And Korean food is amazing. Like it's my, it was my first real foray into Korean cuisine. And it's very meat heavy. Like it's super meat heavy. You're going to love it, mate. It's, cra- it's crazy, isn't it? And also like it's... Um you got like that, and also the street food's really good as well. 
Like I remember, I was Absolutely. only there for a couple of days, and I'm obviously I'm going out um, in a couple of weeks' time, and we'll maybe have like a Japan versus Korea podcast after we after I get back because obviously you've just got back as yeah, well. Definitely. But the street food is so good. There's like um, I remember just eating these kind of like weird sort of pasta sausages in tomato sauce out of a carrier bag and it was the nicest thing it was the night I got run over by a man in a scooter but other than that it was amazing oh yeah (laughs) run over by a man in the scooter yeah favourite memory from Korea (laughs) walking down the street pasta sausage in hand motorbike in the face in the other Dear, I did. They do drive pretty, like, terrifyingly there, though. I was, like, taken aback. Yeah. We're on the back of a... I was sitting on the back of a bus going through the streets of Seoul. It's like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> sort of thing you'd find at Fuji Q, like, roller coaster they park. They swing oh around, my don't God. they? But, um, it's cool. Like, I've, yeah, I've written a list up of things. It's <laughs> on my phone. It's got a list of uh, pros and cons, things that are right. good and things that weren't so good. And I think, yeah, when you get back... In a few weeks, we'll sit down and have yes. a chat and uh, compare cultures. Definitely, that sounds awesome. But um, while I was there, like um, on the on my one of my first nights, I was there for the Korean game when uh, Korea beat Germany, and oh, it yes. was such an amazing atmosphere. Walking down the street, and rather than just sit in one bar and watch the game, I was just sort of walking down the street with my friend, peering into bars mm. and. Like getting updates every few seconds by like peering into a shop, and when they every time Korea scored, you could just hear the entire city, like the whole of Seoul, just spring into life, sh- like scream and shout. It was an amazing place to watch the game and yeah, experience that. Definitely, uh, and to watch Japan, of course, Japan. Oh dear, they were um, they were fantastic. I, I did not obviously in the group stages they went out with a bit of a well they didn't go out with a bit of a whimper. They they needed um, to not pick up any more yellow cards, and the manager. I forget his name. Uh, he uh, he basically said I, I didn't have any plans. I didn't have a plan B. So let's just go for fair play. And you know, if the rules are there mm. to be exploited, you exploit them. You know, um, which was seen as a little bit shameful uh, in Japan, from what I've been reading. But um, they uh, they got out of the groups and gave themselves some immense credit uh, in their match. I genuinely thought they were going to do something there. Uh, but Belgium squeaked through. <laughs> Terrific! It, it was, I could see why they went for Torture. that corner. I could see why they went for um, trying to score, up that, score the goal at the corner because otherwise, another half an hour of extra time, Belgium would definitely in the uh, ascendancy. But uh, the, the Haraguchi goal, and I forget who scored the second one. It wasn't Honda; it was someone else. Um, two great goals, gave themselves immense credit, and they were very unlucky. Uh, they've got a. A bit of a, a wonky keeper who used to play for Dundee Town, I think. Dundee, yeah, Dundee Town, um, who's a bit wonky. A wonky so keeper. he couldn't he couldn't really deal with the height of uh, Fellaini uh, and a couple of other footballers. But ah, uh, oh, it, it was so gutting. I was wearing my Japan top as well at the time. <laughs> the Donaldson Derby you, was. You good. were cheering them on, right? Oh yeah, massively because it, it was. Um, because I have a bit of a reputation because I go to Japan so much, or at least I, you know, talk about Japan so much. Um, the, the people pretend that I've got kids out there or something. So, so my my <laughs> Japanese children, I've got to be, I've got to support Japan for my invisible Japanese children. That was a brilliant reason. No, I, I felt really bad because yeah. it looked like they had it, and it just couldn't have gone worse in the second half. But uh, yeah, fair play. At least they they uh, they tidied up the stadium again they after the game. They tidied the stadium. Like they, they did the, the other week. The, the team as well. The team's tidied up the uh, the, the dressing honor. room as well and left a little note saying thank you in Russian. Um, 
So I wonder you know, what the Belgium team did to celebrate. <laughs> I don't know. Probably left Tintin Few comics all over the all floor. Over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. I like I like the fact that uh, the footballer who scored the first goal for uh, Japan, um, uh, he plays for Hanover mm. in Germany. Hanover '96. Uh, Genki Haraguchi. His first name is Genki. Healthy. <laughs> Genki. I only know one person called Genki, and it, yeah, what it's an, adorable. What, it seems like an unfortunate name to me. Well, yeah, Genki. Like, yeah, Genki does. <laughs> Genki does. Very enjoyable. What unfortunate name, but he <laughs> played to Genki. He he was seemingly Genki mm. out there. Scoring a goal. But yeah, no, good luck England. It's, it's oh. funny to think by the time this podcast comes out, we record them a week or two in advance, yeah. right? Uh we'll all know the score. So if you're listening to this, uh in the future, then hopefully England is still doing all right and win the yeah. next game. I think I, 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 I'd be won't. so drunk still <laughs> if, if England won the World Cup by this time. <laughs> I think well, this will be coming out when just after England uh, England get into the final and win the World Cup. But it was, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time if they do manage to get anywhere deep into the competition. Because to be honest, like we talk about Japanese fans cleaning up in the stadium and stuff. Um, watching football yeah. in London, watching football out there uh, in the pubs of uh, of London. I, I don't know where these complete and utter English fan, amateur football fan assholes <laughs> come from. Because, Chris, they turn up and they're just, they're really boorish and really shouty. And they're really kind of like jingoistic and xenophobic. And, and I'm like, where do these idiots yeah. come from? And they sort of like, I don't think they actually like soccer. They don't seem to like football. And I'm not an elitist. I'm not like a, uh, someone who thinks that people shouldn't get behind the football team. But I, I just think it's quite distasteful, some of the things they say and some of the mm. things they do. And, and they throw beer around. Like that never used to be a thing. When people did scored you get a covered goal, in beer, I did get covered in beer in the penalty shootout. To be fair, it was a hell of a hey. stressful time. But like, you know, as soon as somebody scores a penalty shootout, people are throwing beers in the air. That was never a thing. Ugh. 4D, 4D, 4D experience, experience. <laughs> beer everywhere, <laughs> success in the air. Oh dear, oh dear. I was trying to find a way of leading into this week's article. Mm. This week we want to discuss renting friends in Japan. Because there's been a <laughs> Nice little story out about that. And it's a good yeah. time to address it because people often talk about it. The, the fact that in Japan you can basically hire people, mm. friends, family relatives, people at weddings. They can all be hired mm. at will. We spoke about um, you know coming to uh, Japan alone and finding mm. uh, that it's a little bit lonely every now and again. So I think that um, you know the fact that you can rent friends is fascinating. <laughs> For a couple of yen a day. It's not, I mean, I think if you rented friends in the UK, it would be very obvious that they were rented friends and then someone would probably bully you and it would just (laughs) magnify the situation uh, and make you like the target of relentless bullying. But yeah, so the the news article this week is a theme park in Osaka, a water park, Hirakata Park in Osaka, has decided to stand out with a special service to promote their water wonderland. (laughs) It's called Instant Friends, and it entails a crew of extras who hang around the water park and offer their good looks for your social media photo needs. So basically, uh, you go around the water park, and if you want to take a photo with someone, say you go to the water park alone, I mean, Mm. we've we've all been there, I'm sure. I'm sure it's something you do regularly. Uh, (laughs) I mean, who goes to water park alone in the first place? But if you do... You can gra- grab someone, grab a member of staff that works for this special crew, uh, and take a photo with them. 
and make it look like that you're not alone at the water park, that you do have, in fact, you do have, in fact, friends. Oh. Only thing is, <laughs> and this ruins it somewhat, Yeah, you have to put a hashtag in there, a hashtag that says, uh, none of us are acquainted. And the, like, <laughs> apparently, this is this completely eliminates the whole purpose of doing it. Yeah. But the, whole, like, the, the fact is that this hashtag shows that you don't really know the people you're taking phone with, yeah. these, these so-called friends. And you've gone over and so said, I need, I need you to be in my photograph. I mean, what is the, what is the point? But I like the fact that there's these friends in, like, a little shed on site waiting for someone to, <laughs> you know, ask them to be their friend for a photograph. Very strange. I just, well, I just wouldn't put the hashtag in. What are they going to do? They're not going to come out and find me, are they? <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm going to the water park on my own... Taking friend, taking like pictures with people that I'm pretending to be friends. Yeah. There's no way in hell that I'm putting hashtags on there revealing that they are not my friends. Yeah, but like uh, um, the, so the Insta rather... friends, the Insta friends could become Insta enemies and chase you around the water park with knives. I smell a, like I that. smell a film premise coming along. <laughs> what, a, what a film synopsis that would be. Yeah, and okay. when yeah, they're, I mean... when are enemies, their eyes become red. <laughs> my mate, my mate Gav. Would... Last time I went to uh, Japan, my mate Gav, he. Uh, he was, was supposed to be going out with a girlfriend, like so. so it was going to be me. Mm. So I was kind of going to be the Gooseberry kind of. So I went out with. Um, it turns out I, I went out with someone else as well, um, and so like he split up with his girlfriend a couple of weeks before they went to Japan, which is really weird. Right. Uh, and so he, um, and so he had he booked all of this romantic stuff, like going to like Universal Studios or whatever the big theme park it is, and like a water park. And he went by himself. Mm. But luckily, in those kind of parks, if you're just by yourself, there's like um, queues just for one person instead of two people, so That's they can right, just sneak yeah. in. So like, so he was having a pretty lovely time, and, and also he realised that you could <laughs> at ten o'clock in the morning drink beer. So he got over his. Uh, <laughs> It worries very quickly oh because of the beer. If you go to a theme park alone, you actually—it's actually an advantage, especially yeah. in Japan. They've got the yeah, as you say, it's a great way to beat the three-hour queues. I tell you, the time I went to Tokyo Disney Sea mm. and I queued for three and a half hours for a forty-second ride. Uh, it was like the twenty thousand leagues under the sea ride, which. Don't go on it if you go to Disney Sea. It's the worst ride I've ever been on. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be good. Queued for three and a half hours through rain and just the worst weather. Finally got on it. 40 seconds later, it was over. It was shit, to put it bluntly. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to swear, it brings back such painful so memories. So angry. But yes. Oh, well, three and a half hours. Think of the things I could have done in that time. I could have written a, a, a poem. Or I could have <laughs> taken an Instagram photo With a or a Facebook profile stranger. photo. Exactly. <laughs> the, um, Absolute rubbish. Well, since we since we last spoke, I think, Chris, um, I've done a bungee jump because I was at the Isle of Wight Festival and um, I think I spoke about the fact that in radio, just say yes to everything because... You know the best laid plans of mice and men. Pretty much none of it ever comes off, so you never have to deal with <laughs> your decisions. Um, but I said yes to this, and turns out I, I, I did a bungee jump in the end. Um, but they kept oh, moving it. I saw the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, if you want to complain about swearing, there was a lot of swearing in that video. I'll tell you what. It was. Yeah, it was like thirty seconds of swearing. There was a lot of MS. Jumped off. <laughs> but it was like. Um, but they kept moving it later and later in the day. So you have that anticipation of right. I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And then oh, it gets no. moved later and later in the day. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, just let oh. me just do it now because I'm just you know thinking about it. But it was good. I recommend it. But I mean. You know, I'm not I'm not one for heights, I'd say, but I thought if I don't, if I didn't jump immediately, I don't think I would have jumped because uh, hell of a view you, up there. You didn't, 
You didn't mess about when you got up there, did you? You literally did jump like yeah. twenty seconds off. Although, I think I think otherwise, if you I think you would if you if you start thinking about it, you start worrying about it, and then you start not doing it. <laughs> but I, I was just I, I was worried I that my it. I was worried that my feet were too small and my I don't have much of a bum because I I got a little boy's bum <laughs> and I thought I might slip out of the harness. <laughs> that would have been a that would have been a great video. Yeah, me splat on the I mean, floor. You probably wouldn't have been around to see it, but what a video it would have been. <laughs> so, yeah, but, it was like, all very what, interesting. What's, the, what's going through your head the moment? The moment you like step off the platform, and the moment you're standing on the platform, what kind of what's what are you thinking? What's going through your head? I was thinking, who have I told about this? Who have I told that I was doing a bungee jump? How who who will be disappointed in me? <laughs> it's Good all point. it's it's all very I'll quick. Wiggle out of it. Yeah, exactly. Especially like when you're on a crane and stuff. I think it's um it's all. It go, you just go up, and then mm. you're immediate. You're already manacled to the bloody thing, and then you just, and then you just go really. But it's weird, like the 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 rope that they use is so, the rope that they use is so thick and meaty. Um, but the actual thing that actually connects to your bungee uh, harness mm. and also the crane as well is so thin. Um, and you look at those, and you sort of go, oh, it's all just a big show, isn't it? That big bungee cord. <laughs> I I did, I was. Um I went to uh, Switzerland last year and I saw the dam. You know, at the start of the film Goldeneye, mm. the start of the film Goldeneye, where they jump off that massive dam. Yeah, James Bond like jumps off, uh, and it's like set in Russia, but it's not it's Switzerland. I was standing there watching people jump off, and it's just Whoa. I just don't know how people can do it. That moment you throw yourself off, there must it's such a leap of faith. Like, yeah. So well Ugh. done. I don't think I could do it. I honestly, don't. I know I'd get to the edge and then just back down. So. Good man. I'm sure you. Good I'm man. sure you wouldn't. I'm sure you wouldn't. Um, but yeah. So uh, um, that's you know that's my. Uh, I'm never going to do anything like that again. So <laughs> <laughs> you've done it. It's ticked off. Done it. Yeah. Sorted. Tell my fake friends about it. <laughs> but it, it's not friends. just. But it's not just like people at um, in Japan. I've heard so many times that you can kind of hire. Um, uh, there's a couple of like uh, not sitcom stars like but um, like comedians and stuff who who became like mm -hmm. a, a professional uh, guy who you would be able to buy for a few hours or a few days and he's like technically homeless. He just lives in your house uh, and goes from house to house well, and stuff and brings his little things with him. Um, but it's you can like hire like fake friends for like. Proper um, everything experiences, can't you? Well, you can. There's a company called Family Romance, right? And you can hire like uh, you can hire friends for one to two hours. It mm. comes to about eight thousand yen per hour, which is seventy four dollars, about seventy dollars. Right. Uh, so you could like hire a party of friends, thirty two thousand yen, three hundred dollars. <laughs> you can have uh, four friends come along, have a real good <laughs> night out for one hour. But like. It gets pretty serious. I read an article in the Atlantic uh, a year ago mm. about this guy, this guy uh, Yuichi Ishii, who I think is the CEO of Family Romance, the mm. main website, and he uh, he played the role of a father to a twelve-year-old uh, girl. This mother, this single mother, had a twelve-year-old daughter, and she was getting bullied at school yeah. uh, because she had no dad, oh. and so she, her mother, hired this guy. Yuichi to play her father and I think she told the daughter that it was her real father and yeah. he played the role for I think over a period of a year or so and it's just that is just insane I mean that is a mo when I heard this I thought this is a film this is a film waiting to happen <laughs> and I think I genuinely started scripting out like a plot of how that could be a really cool film mm. but um, to do that to play someone's father for money essentially a, how much money did that cost? Hopefully it wasn't an hourly rate. And B, what are the ethical ramifications of that? Surely 
she's going to be really traumatised in a few years when she finds out her father's just a paid guy. Yeah. I don't know, what what do you even call that as a role? A father... <laughs> I don't know, it's just yeah, I don't, it's insane, I, but this is the level that it's at. That's the thing, though, isn't it? It's like it's you're... Like, a, it's so depressing that someone gets bullied for not having a father. Uh, B, um, you know, she, she, there, there are most schools in Britain where the exception is that you've got a father, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> There's a lot of broken <laughs> families in England. Um, but, uh, and, and yeah, and, and that kind of, like, long-term kind of job, that long-term role, uh, almost on, like, a retainer, mm. like a solicitor or a lawyer. A really interesting, really strange. Very, very I think odd. we have to come in, like, once a week, I think, and, like, spend, like, a few hours with a... Mm. Something like that. That sort of arrangement. Is it but, better than? Uh, is it know, better than like? Uh, does she have like performance reviews? Kind of like, well, you could have been a better father here. You could have been a bit more kind of like nice there. <laughs> like, do you have like a kind of personal kind of uh, where you want to see yourself in two years' time? It's so weird. I don't know. This is the sort of this is the sort of questions <laughs> that I want to know. I, I'm tempted to find this guy and interview him for a video. <laughs> uh, just put it on the channel. Like, this is the sort of person I want to interview because. There are a lot of questions I have for this man uh, and whether, you know, how he feels about it to play <laughs> a fake parent for mummy. Uh, but you can also like hire wedding guests, seminar attendees. So say you're giving a business seminar <laughs> and you want to pad out the room, you can hire people. If, you've got, if you're getting married, you can, bring, you can hire like a team of people uh, to sit, in the, sit there in the church with you and make it look like you've got a lot of family and friends when you don't. Like, the, the possibilities here are limitless. I even saw one... Where you can hire a paparazzi, a fake paparazzi uh, crew of like mm. camera photographers and people to follow you around, <sighs> and I saw like photos of someone doing this in Shibuya. Uh, I've never seen it in person yet, but yeah, I saw a guy who hired uh, like this team. You get you get like three or four photographers to literally just follow you around and take pictures of you. At what point do you do that? At what point do you decide this is something you want to do? I think it was about <laughs> three hundred dollars as well for that mm. for like an evening for like an hour or two. The, so um, next time you're over, I think we should do it. <laughs> just do that, try. yeah. I'll wear sunglasses, well, pretend I'm Mr. Worldwide, I'm Mr. Pitbull. Um, I remember there was, a, remember uh, Adam and Joe, there was this famous um, Adam and Joe TV show in, here in, in the UK. Uh, two lads, very DIY, mm. kind of punk aesthetic, uh, kind of sketch show sort of thing. And uh, they they right. did, a, did an episode in Japan. And they did a similar thing. They hired a limo uh, and they hired a load mm. of uh, young Japanese, uh, like, teenagers, like, well, sorry, school kids, um, who would run over yeah. to the... Every time they'd get out of the limo, they'd run over and scream and, like, get them to sign stuff. Uh, and they found that, like... School kids from other schools, just well from schools, would run over and try and get their autograph as well, and people would just like crowd around and stuff. It doesn't take much to kind of create a mania, to create a buzz, and that goes for everywhere in the world. I no, think. no, no. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Sweet chocolate. Wow. And if you're Daniel Rand if you're Daniel Radcliffe, it comes easily. Did you ever see a video I think I put it in a video a few years ago of Daniel Radcliffe like turning up to a Japanese school and it's the right. most ridiculous thing I've ever seen the way he gets treated. It was like Jesus times three was turning up. The entire school was at the windows, like screaming as his car rolled up. He got out and he's going down the corridor and everyone's like touching his face. And like trying to stroke him like he's some sort of cat. Uh, and then all the girls are like trying to chat him up in the classroom. And it's such an awkward, incre- like incredible spectacle. That the way man, they just go, they just lose it so madly over a celebrity here. That man, can, that man cannot go anywhere. I mean, to be fair, he's the biggest of the big in many ways. I think I, um, I interviewed him once. He, so I used to be on a breakfast show uh, with uh, Alex Zern, who's like a TV presenter over here. But we used to do a radio yeah. show on, um, on a radio station called XFM. And... Uh, the cast of it was quite a childish radio show really just full of, of, of wee wee jokes and right. bum bum and booby jokes um, and the cast of Harry Potter because they were like you know 14 uh, and younger they as they went into work to film Harry Potter every day they would listen to the XFM breakfast shows they would listen to us um, and I didn't know this but I was interviewing Harry, I was interviewing uh, Harry Potter Daniel Radcliffe see I've never seen any of his films I've never seen any Harry Potter films and so like no way so at the end of the interview he went sorry are you cheeky people on the XFM breakfast show and he was like and he was really pleased that he met a sidekick from a radio show him and his him and the cast members used to listen to um, and I remember thinking so you, I've never seen celebrity any, yeah, and I, yeah and I was like, I've never seen any of your bloody films, mate. I mean, I didn't say that, but I was like, That's I've never seen any Harry Potter. Yeah, I know, right? Daniel no. Radcliffe, A-list celebrity, is a fan of yours. Well, 
you and know, you are he was a when fan he was fourteen. He was probably <laughs> when he was fourteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it comes full circle, doesn't it? Fandom it begats fandom. Circle. Fandom begats fandom. The circle of fandom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into the fax machine. See what oh, questions you guys have sent in this week. We've got a lot. Yeah, a lot. We've, we've picked out five uh, <clears throat> for this week. Uh, first one's from Adrian. Uh, to Chris and Pete, greetings from Chicago, Illinois, in the Ooh, US. Lovely I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now, and every minute, and, and, and enjoy every minute of it, yes. <laughs> How do you think K-pop compares to J-pop, if you've ever listened to any, since you mentioned in a recent podcast that you despise J-pop? Thank you for all the entertainment, <laughs> keep up the good work, sincerely, Adrian. Thoughts, Pete Donaldson, K-pop, Korean music versus J-pop, Japanese I don't have music. much of a uh, grounding in this, but... Uh, I was a big fan. There was a song that came out a couple of years ago called, um, I think it was Block B. I think that was the name of the K-pop band, Block B. Uh, very good. Uh, I do like that song. It's very, very good. Um, and it's uh, and the video's great. Uh, they, they seem to do more interesting videos, the, 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 the Koreans. Um, they seem to be a lot more dangerous and frightening and scary, and I think their character's well, a bit more... I don't know. I think... Yeah, I think uh, K-pop has a massive following in Japan. My students, mm. I remember, they would always listen to... A lot of them would listen to K-pop more than J-pop. K-pop is seen as, like, cool, trendy music. Yeah. But it's pretty. Ve- it's very Western. It's very, like, you know, it's what we kind of hear in the West, in the US, mm. UK, whatever. But with a kind of more heavily choreographed take. If you watch a music video, they're so meticulously choreographed in their dancing. Yeah. Uh, it's quite sexually provocative... They have a lot of weird English in the lyrics as well. Mm. Then there's J-pop. Now, J-pop does feel a lot more unique. I if, I if I was put in a room and I had to watch J-pop videos or Korean music videos for a whole day mm. and there was no way out of that damn room, uh, it would have to be K-pop because yeah. I can... You know, it's, it's more what I'm accustomed to uh, and the videos are a lot easier to watch. J-pop is a bit... Oh, I don't know. It's all a bit weird. It's very bubble I can't though, wrap my it? head around it. I appreciate the uniqueness of it all. Like Carrie Pamu Pamu, can't stand her music or her voice or songs, but I still appreciate just the weirdness of it all. And there's there's some cool bands like Baby Metal, the uh, the like the fourteen year old girls that mm. do they play count along as, do they really count as straight down the line? Does the, do they count as straight down the line J pop? Because obviously they they've been taken at the bosom of uh, of, the, of the rock fraternity yeah. because they're just, they're just kids playing um, you know metal and screaming. Smap <laughs> uh, Smap seem Baby to be metal. a big a big thing over there. Smap. Everyone talks about SMAP, SMAP in Japan. The hell, SMAP? Well, I, again... It's not like a drug. Again, though, that's the problem. You, you, you're you in a situation where you're there for, like, a couple of weeks and, obviously, you know, people's mm. albums drops drop and you just sort of see, you know, the, the, apart from, like, AKB47 or whatever, 48, AKB48, um, yeah, you know, so. they're, they're, they're kind of ever-present, <laughs> but then, obviously, bands come in and come out. And it wasn't there, like, a... There was, like, a band, like, an older boy band who'd been going since, like, the mm. 80s and they were, like, 45-year-old men still doing boy bandy stuff and they only just recently split up hilariously I bought one of their fans because yeah. uh, well, you can buy like those big kind of like uh, fans but with uh, your favourite artist on uh, from the Mandrix so I bought a couple of those so they're in my front room I couldn't tell you who the fellas are it's, <laughs> it's the equivalent of like the Backstreet Boys still being like yes. the number one band today yeah. but like obviously, the obviously they went away but they, and then came back um, the Backstreet Boys and Take That uh, and bands mm. like that but, um, but in this situation they never really sort of lost um People didn't lose interest in them. Um, I quite like uh, the, the the Korean um, trap music. Uh, is quite interesting. It's quite quite interesting to sort of see people do, 
you know, bad boy trap music, but they're rather lovely looking Korean young lads. <laughs> I, I find it hard that they can kind of I, sell that, but they, they seem to do a good job. I of certainly it. heard a lot in Seoul. Like, even on the bus, I was listening to that. That sort of music was just playing randomly on the bus as you're going through Seoul, <laughs> which is quite cool. Adds a, a fun element to the bus ride that you don't get in Japan, <laughs> which is just held in silence. Japanese bus rides are kind of it's like being in a library, but Korean buses. K-pop coming out at all angles. There's a music video on a big screen at the front. <laughs> it's quite quite cool actually. But yeah. uh, overall, though, yeah, I'd say I prefer K-pop. But to be honest, I don't really like either. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's my thoughts on that. Good news. Good news. I was, I was talking. Weirdly, I was talking to um, uh, the band. You know the band Feeder. They've got a Japanese bassist yeah, uh, Takahiroze. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, obviously he was. Um, Doing a lot of work on the, over the football because they just there's very few Japanese kind of sports enthusiasts over here. Maybe I should turn myself into one. Maybe I should yeah. be uh, really dedicated to the J League. Obviously, um, Andres Iniesta has uh, joined one. joined the Kobe football uh, team. I forget what they're called, but um, Andres Iniesta obviously played in the uh, played in Spain's last game. Uh, mm. Retired from international football. That was his last tournament. But uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be playing his football in Kobe. He's still got still got stuff to offer. And you know, I know he'll be on a you ridiculous can... amount of money, but. Um, I think Lucas Podolski well, yeah. might be out there as well. Very exciting. Exciting times of the J-League. <laughs> well, he's not playing. He could be stuffing himself with KB beef. Exactly. Um, well, um, I think it's Lucas Podolski who's over there, and I think he opened a Turkish kebab shop over there. So Lucas Podolski's got a, uh, a Turkish kebab shop in, uh, in Kobe, which is quite interesting. If, it, <laughs> if his career as a footballer ends abruptly, at least he's got the kebab business. <laughs> exactly. To see exactly. him through. <laughs> um, next email, uh, Nina. Hello, Nina. Chris, if you could have a care package sent over from England, what would you choose to have in it? What are some English foods slash treats that you miss and are not available in Japan? Uh, Pete, the same question to you, but receiving it from Japan. Uh, enjoy the podcast and the YT channel, which I do believe is the YouTube channel. Care package. Good mm. question. Uh, I used to get, in my first, second year, first and second year, I used to get care packages from my family, mainly comprised of crisps mm. or potato chips for nice. our listeners. Uh, yeah, I'd get like salt and vinegar and cheese and onion crisps sent over in a box, <laughs> along with dairy milk chocolate. Yes. Fan of that. And yeah, that'd basically be it, just crisps and chocolate. <laughs> and I would eat it all in the space of about 10 minutes. Like, there'd be so many crisps in that box, so much chocolate, it could easily last a month or two, but I'd pretty much finish it in the space of two or three days, and my health would rapidly decline. <laughs> Every time I received a care package, <laughs> I took a step closer to getting diabetes. So my third year... I basically said, no more care packages, and I've never had one since. So, yes. What would you have, Pete? Well, uh, well Chris, I think... Well, uh, I, I, you I can think, do it. I could send you something from Japan. <laughs> yeah, I think you're forgetting that uh, I got involved uh, last time I was over and brought you a care package of uh, cider, because that's quite hard to get out you there, did. isn't it? And then we gave you it did, to your friend. and I didn't forget it. <laughs> I'm still kind of angry at the fact that you gave all the cider away as you were handing it over to me when I, you gave it to the hotel manager. I gave Maybe some of let that it. down. I gave some of the cider to the hotel manager. Some? <laughs> like half of the cider that you brought to me, 8,000 miles, and you handed it to a hotel manager who was a nice guy and deserved at least one can, and it was all gone. <laughs> Don't do it next time. Don't do it next time. Don't do it next time. Um... I'd pr again. I can't, I can't get past coolish to be honest. Also, those big um, watsits. Um, you can occasionally get them in uh, Japanese supermarkets over here. Um, and actually, mm. the last few weeks I've been buying them and um, 
putting them on the desks at work and going, everyone get involved. You know those little kind of omiyagi kind of, uh, if you're in a bar or like a snack bar, they'll give you um, like a bowl of peanuts or whatever. Mm, mm. And they'll give you like a long watsit. It's like a long watsit in a packet. It's got, is it, uh, not Domokun, uh, who's the character? Um, oh, I can't remember, some kind of character that's on everything. Cheetos, Cheetos man? No, he's like, a, he's like, a, it's, a Jap- it's a Japanese character. Not Domokun, probably like the one that's on everything else, basically. Yeah, the cheesy stick things. Yeah, it's cheesy know, stick. Yeah, the character's Doraemon. Doraemon, yeah, yeah Doraemon, yeah, yeah. But he's on everything, yeah. isn't he? Well, I don't know what he is. He looks he's like, he's like he's like a Heathcliff the Cat kind of character who's on everything, uh, but he's Japanese and purple. Uh, but he's uh, but you get these little sticks and they're like um, what's-its or like they're like long corn mm-hmm. slash maize snacks and you don't see them anywhere else in the world and they're very unique. Uh, but it's quite satisfying to eat a, a, a big what's-it. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're like they're like ten yen as well for one. You can get yeah. like a whole packet of like fifty of giant like fifty giant watsits for like five hundred yen. Yeah, and they all last you a long time. Like they're they're pretty good. They're very, very good. Though. Yeah, very you get like um, they are very Moorish, uh, and the only two um, flavors they sell over here are the Codro ones, which obviously isn't to the English palate, uh, and also the Yasai uh, <laughs> well. Yasai vegetable salad. Uh, which it still tastes and like beef to me. Flavors. It all just tastes like beef. Always cheese is cheese. where it's at. Always go for cheese. <laughs> have we got time for one more, Hi, Chris. Um, one more, Chris? We do. We go do. Down. We've got one more. Uh, Hi, Chris and Pete. So I went to Tokyo and Yokohama this February to see a concert and loved every second of my week there. Only problem being I spent a little too much and got a bit strapped for cash a while after. Uh, so do you have any personal tips for saving money while on a trip to Japan, especially for accommodation with the whole Airbnb situation right now? Thanks, love the podcast, Caesar. Oh, I'm money saving tips. I'm thinking it's Caesar from um, Planet of the Apes, and I'm more than happy to <laughs> respond to Caesar because he's wonderful. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's not a, a, a chimpanzee. <laughs> I'm sure he's a human being uh, who spent too much money on those vending machines. Um, uh, I mean, but my personal tips is like food's always very cheap. Um, Accommodation, like J- Japan, has amazing transport links. So even if you got like a, mm-hmm. even if you got like a, a hotel, at, at, like the airport, like that would be way cheaper. But you could get mm. in really easy. So like, Haneda's the closest airport, isn't it? Not Narita. Yeah, Narita's out out in, out in the sticks. Yeah, but if you right. if you got like a hotel, I reckon if you got a, I've not looked into it, but I reckon if you got like a cheap um, budget hotel at the airport Haneda airport which would be cheaper than any other historically uh, that's how it always works the ones next to the airport are uh, cheaper just get one there and just get the train in every day it's like 20 minutes if that that's an awful tip what are you on about what's that an I, awful I've tip st- I always st- I actually I often stay near Haneda when I'm going around and they're right. pretty pricey are they awful oh. tip ignore P ignore P ignore P you're the one who lives in Japan this is a broad in Japan it's not, a do- it's not a Donny in <laughs> in Shibuya is it <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish pit. Pete, you only stays in Shibuya in an Airbnb. Uh, My advice, yeah. saving money, don't go to Izakaya's too much, the uh, Japanese pub bar places, yeah. because two hours, you're going to be forking out like $100. Yeah. Eating out cheap, go to somewhere like Sakia or Yoshinoya, the sort of places where you get rice with beef or pork cut on top. Mm. Uh, they're pretty cheap. And so, yeah, it's all about eating out at the right places. Uh, if you want to save money, also get food from convenience stores as well. That's another option. If you're not going to Airbnb, use capsule hotels. They come in at like 4,000 yen a night, and they're pretty cheap. The cheapest place, of course, is a hostel. If you're travelling around, hostels mm. are the cheapest, uh, but capsule hotels are a nice little alternative that I think are better because you get more space to yourself. Yeah. Other than that, use buses if you're travelling between main cities like Osaka and Tokyo. Go for the bus option, night bus. 
is about half the price of a bullet train, so that's a good option there. And yeah, I think there's some stuff to sink your teeth into, but go on the channel, and there's a video called How Much Does It Cost to Travel Japan? I think I made it about a year ago in August, so go and have a look there, Caesar. Lots of tips there. But for now, that's all, isn't it? That's, th- if that's it. If you guys have any questions, that's it. We're done. We're finished. <laughs> We're out of here. But before we go, do send your questions in to abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back same time next week on Wednesday. But for now, guys, as always, have yourself a wonderful week. Yes. Go around to your friends, Chris. on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.